We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. So I guess I'm, um, I'm batting today. Uh, and I'm excited to bat today. I love being here. I love being able to have the opportunity to, to um, break open God's word and, and discuss it with you. I think we have a conversation here, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I don't preach at you. We talk. You just don't talk back, but we talk. <laughs> Dialogue. Let's turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, New King James Version. <clears throat> um, we have a I think I have an appointed message today, um, a fairly simple one that I want to get across, and um, I'll let you go home. I'm uh, appreciative that you showed up in the rain. There's some real rain out there today, you know. But the thing about pushing through the rain, you can come to a place where this God's spirit will rain down. Uh, you made it here, so he's got something for you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the New King James Version. ready to read? Okay. Come to me, verse 28, come to me, all you who labor in heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is what? My burden is light. Um, <clears throat> That's a very familiar passage of scripture. Um, even, you know, when I open up your Bible, you kind of know parts of it. Um, and I thought it was so fitting for our topic today. Uh, but does anyone here like to be bossed around by a show of hands? Um, does anybody here like to be bossed around? And I mean, like, um, you enjoy people telling you what to do. You should see your faces right now. I remember early on <clears throat> when Tina and I started dating, um, I thought that I was asking her a question, but what she heard was me telling her something. And um, I could tell by her response that there was something crossed in the translation based upon what I said and her response because, and I'll never forget it, um, we, we, I was asking her to do something and she turned to me with like this very stern, that's the first time she had ever done it to me. It was, she turns to me with this very stern look in her eye and she says, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I, I was perplexed. I just... <laughs> I, I didn't know where she was was going with that because all I, I felt like I was asking, but obviously she felt like I was telling her what to do and what she was trying to convey to me is that you are not authorized nor do you have the authority to tell me what to do. This is the girl I end up marrying, y'all. <laughs> For all of us in here today, I want you to listen to this, and I want you to get it in your heart and your mind. For all of us here today, there are one or two emotions that boss you. Everybody sitting here today, there are one or two emotions that boss you. 
There are one or two emotions that you have that has shown up over the course of your life that, that, that show up and tell you what to do and what to feel. I want you to grab a hold of this now because I, I, I don't want to be up here. I'll stay up here all day until I feel like you get it. But there are one or two emotions that have shown up in your life consistently that boss you and tell you what to do. Let's think about this for a second. If, if, what kind of father could your dad have been if his anger didn't boss him? What kind of man could you be if your pride didn't boss you? What kind of wife could you be if your insecurities didn't boss you? What kind of woman could you be if, if bitterness did not boss you? What kind of friend could you be if envy did not boss you? What kind of sibling could you be if jealousy didn't boss you? Where could you be in life? What successes could you experience if fear did not boss you? How deep could you go with God? You could go into the abyss with God if it were not for you being bossed by your guilt. What one or two emotions boss you? That cheat you out of being the person that God has created you to be. That, 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 that tells you that you can do this or you can't do that or you should do this. There are emotions that you deal with that have shown up over the course of your life that are regulars for you that just boss you. What I want to help us to do today um, is, to, is to, to put our, our emotions in their place. I want us to be able to walk out of this place today and be able to tell our emotions, you don't boss me. Watch me now. You may have been able to boss me when I was 12 because I had not yet put away childish things. Oh, gosh, y'all. But I'm a man now, and you can't continue to boss me. You may have been able to boss my father, and he messed up the family because of it. And you may have been able to wreck my mother, but you will not boss me because I report to a higher power, and his name is Jesus. And hit, oh gosh, y'all. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. I choose to, I choose to submit to a higher power and not how I feel. Let's get these four points. <clears throat> Let's go to verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Say that with me, rest. The first point for you today, and I want you to write this down, is the word capable. Say that with me, capable. The, the, the one thing that I want you to realize before we get into <clears throat> deeper points is that Jesus is capable of being the boss of you. He's capable. Um, he makes an appeal here um, to a very specific person, those who are um, laboring and heavy laden laboring and heavy laden. That word um, laden um, really speaks to being burdened oppressively, being burdened um, unwantedly to the point where um, the burden starts to break you down. 
And here's what I want you to get from this. We don't often realize that our depression is stemmed by the oppression of our emotions. Our depression is stemmed by the oppression of our emotions. I'll say it a little bit different. Um, Our moods always swing because our emotions are always up to bat. That was a preacher zinger right there. Our moods always swing. You're always moody because because your emotions are always in control. We feel dejected. We feel depressed, not because we're that way, but our emotions are oppressing us, and they're putting burdens on us to make us feel depression. Jesus says, I'm capable to be your boss, not your emotions. You see, emotions are not, are not qualified to boss you. They don't care about you. They come and they go. They will leave you holding the bag. Jesus says, listen to this. He says, if, 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 if you come to me and, 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 and submit to me and make me the boss, I will do something for you that your emotions are incapable of doing. I will give you rest. Listen to me now. He says, if you stop allowing your your emotions to boss you and choose to submit to me, I will do something that your emotions are incapable of doing. I will give you rest. Jesus says, make the choice to make me the boss because you have to understand that I am fully capable. I am qualified to be the boss of you and you have to recognize that your emotions have been taking advantage of you but you just need to make sure that you look at me and say, God, I'm willing to make you Lord and Savior over my life and you be the boss. Because if you trust me to boss you, I'll give you rest. Shout he's capable. I think it's, it's important to understand that we struggle with this invitation from Jesus and the idea of submitting to God. I won't make you raise your hand, but most of us do. I'm not doing what he tells me to do. That's what we feel. Because we have a, a misconception of what a boss is. You see, what Jesus says here is that if you make me your boss, I will give to you. Typically, bosses just give you orders. They give you things to do. They give you more work. But Jesus says, I will take the load from you if you make me the boss, and I will give you rest and peace. I don't know about you, but I want rest in my spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to sleep at night. I don't want thoughts and emotions and feelings running through my mind every night when I'm trying to rest. Jesus says, make me the boss, and I'll give you rest. There's so many of us sitting up here right now that haven't had a good night of sleep in in, in three, four weeks. Because you don't have the peace of God, the rest that he gives. And in order to be able to do that, he says, come to me. Oh, gosh, he says, come to me. Understand that I'm capable to give you rest. Okay. Let's get some more. Let's go back to verse 28. Y'all getting anything so far? He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Point number two is the word prerogative. Shout prerogative. Now, if you're like me, um, I have a, <laughs> I, I, I had a very limited understanding of what the word prerogative was, and what came to my mind was Bobby Brown. <laughs> and, such, and because I'm such a good preacher, um, I gave you a definition of what the word prerogative means so Bobby Brown can get out of your ear. It means an exclusive right, privilege, etc., exercised by virtue of rank, office, or the like. Um, Jesus at this time was speaking to a group of people. In particular, um, he was speaking to a group of Jews who were basically burned out by religion. <clears throat> um, between the Sabbath rules and the Torah um, and this, this, this unwritten um, body of laws that the rabbis would use against the people when they felt like it, religion had become unbearable. Um, and... People were not experiencing the liberty and the peace that came along with a relationship with God. So Jesus speaks, and knowing, uh, and knowing the exact circumstances, he speaks and he says, if you want rest, come to me. Watch me now. I know that you've been going to church. I know that you've been doing your rituals. I know that you've been calling yourself praying, but you have failed to come to me. Oh, okay. This is the way it comes to me. I have to speak the way it comes to me. Verse 28 is so gangster. If that's not a boss statement, I've never heard one. Jesus says, you should have came to me. You, you, should, you should have come to me. And what Jesus basically says to the people standing there listening to him, he says that I have the authority, it is my prerogative to boss the things that have been bossing you. He says it's, 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 it's my prerogative. Because I hold the position. I, you know, the, the thing that just took advantage of your mother, I, I can boss that. If she would have came to me, I could have bossed that for her. Yes. It sounds like something out of a Martin Sorcy movie, right? It's just a, one of those gangster comments that you make, you know, if you would have come to me, this would have never happened. Yes. Listen to me, y'all. We show up at church and never come to Jesus. We show up at church and never come to, there are people who have been going to church their entire life, 75 year old, and have never seen Jesus. Because seeing Jesus is the positioning of the heart. It's not where you go. It's not about your posture. It's not about your physical posture. It is the posture of your heart. God, Jesus says, you should have come to me. Because I have the ability, the authority to boss the thing that has been bossing you. Now, this is where <laughs> it's important to look at different translations. Because what Jesus says here is extremely important and it, and it, and it beckons to um, his divinity and it beckons to the Godhead. Whenever you're reading scripture specific to the New King James Version and certain versions, um, whenever you see the pronoun capitalized, 
that means that the writer is referencing something more, more deep than what you're reading. If you read the text that we're reading, Jesus says, come to me. The pronoun is capitalized. That means that he's referencing more than what you see. He is referencing who he is in the divinity. So now, now listen to this. What Jesus, Jesus basically beckons to is what John writes in, in, in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Watch, watch this. Through him, watch this. This is verse 3. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. What is Jesus saying to these people? He says that I was at the creation of you, and everything about you has flown through my hands. I know every crevice about you, and you should not be allowing your emotions to boss you because I'm the only one qualified to be your boss because I created you. It is my prerogative. I know everything about you. And you letting your emotions rule over you. Your emotions don't care about you. They just come and they go. Listen to me. I've seen men destroy their family because of an emotion. Not that they didn't love their family. Oh, he loved his wife. But his emotion was their boss. I remember as a, as, a, as a little boy, and, I, and I, I knew that my father loved me, but he did some things to me that just didn't make sense. And it wasn't until I became adult adult that I could understand that it was this emotion that got a hold of him. As much as he loved me, there were some things that he just could not stop himself from doing because he had the wrong boss. You see, what was bossing him wasn't qualified to boss him. It wasn't its prerogative to boss him. It wasn't qualified. It didn't have the authority. But what I'm trying to get you to understand today, you can save yourself the heartache if you make sure that you've got the right boss. People walk away from relationships all the time because of an emotion. Pertinent, important relationships in their life, they will damage them because of a Emotion. Jesus says you can't trust your emotions to boss you. I'm qualified. I was there at the beginning. Oh, gosh, I I was there when you were created in your mother's womb. I know you. Shout you're not the boss of me. Let's get some more. Let's go to verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Point number three, write this down, is the word consent. Shout that, consent. I just went through this whole, I guess, rant about it being Jesus' prerogative to be the boss of you. Yes, you got that point. But I, I, I want you to understand that in even Jesus being the authority over you, because he's such a gentleman, there has to be consent. He says, take my yoke upon you. You pick it up and you put it on you. I'm not going to force myself on you like these other people and these other things that force themselves on you. I'm going to allow you to choose and give me the consent 
to be the boss of you. Mm. That's a hard thing to understand when I'm telling you that he's the boss and he's the man. Because you would expect that he would just come in and dominate you, but he doesn't do that. He wants you to make sure that this relationship is consensual. It's a two-way thing. I want to make sure that you agree with where I'm taking you. Oh, God. I want you to agree how deep we're going to go. And that's why we never go deep because we never get the consent. Oh. Like, you, yes, God, you can go there. Yes, Jesus, you can take me there. He wants consent. He's not going to force himself on you. He will go as deep as you want to go. He says, what? Take my yoke upon you. The funny thing about a yoke, and I got a, I got a picture of a, of a yoke so we can all understand what a yoke is. A yoke is a wooden apparatus um, that was put around the neck of a draft animal, um, an oxen or, or a bull or something along those lines. Um, and it was oftentimes they were drafted with two. You know, they would, they would put them in a, in a yoke together with another oxen. And um, it was designed so that the animal could do the work that the farmer had for it to do. They would put this apparatus on them so that it could accomplish the task that the, that the animal had. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, take upon my yoke and I want you to learn from me. He implies here that I will be in the yoke with you. I'm not going I'm, I'm to be the boss by myself. We're going to do this thing together. I'm going I'm I'm to teach you. I'm going to learn you. I'm going to grow you. I'm going to mature you. Watch this now. One of the things that farmers used to do, which, which I thought was ingenious once you start to, to dive into it, they would, um, they would take uh, an older ox or a mature ox, and they would pair it with a young ox so that the young ox would be able to mature under a load. It would grow up under a load so that it could handle it. I got a picture of that too. I think I got a picture of it. You see the big ox and little ox? You see, even though the load is for the young ox, the farmer puts the older ox in the, in the, under the load with him so that the, that the, so that the younger ox could mature under his load. Watch what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, I want you to take my yoke upon you and learn from me so that you can learn to mature emotionally. I want you to be able to, to, to grow up emotionally so that you can handle the load of your life. All of the things that you're responsible for, everybody that you have to engage with, all the relationships that matter to you, Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you and start to learn from me, mature up under me so that you can handle the load that God has given you. He says, listen to me, I don't want you to do this thing by yourself. Your emotions will take you for a ride, but what I'm telling you, let me be the boss and learn from me so I can teach you to how to handle your emotions so that you can sustain the relationships that matter. I'm not going to say to you that every relationship you got into mattered. There was some that you had to grow up <laughs> and understand that I'm too mature for this. But Jesus is saying, listen to me, I want you to mature under the load of your life so that you can keep the people in your life that matter. But I'm going to teach it to you. I'm going to show you how. That is the kind of God that we serve. 
He's a relational God. He cares about relationships. Listen to me. He says, I'm going to teach you how to be in relationship. I'm going to decrease the capacity. Oh, God. I'm going to decrease the load so that you can increase your capacity. I'm not saying that I'm taking away everything. I'm saying that you're still going to have to deal with some stuff, but I'm going to take away the weight. I'm going to bear the weight so that you can grow your capacity. Can I give you a good one? This is where pride messes us up. Because Jesus is is doing this thing with us, and Jesus has taken the will. For some reason, we think that we are doing this, and we are carrying this load. But Jesus wants you to understand, you didn't get that house by yourself. You didn't do that by yourself. You didn't marry her by yourself. You didn't make that decision by yourself. It is me carrying the load for you. He says, mature, boy, and learn from me. I want you to grow up. I want you to mature. I want you to be able to handle the things that life has for you. But you have to do that next to me. Do it next to me. The scripture says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is right there in the midst of this thing for you. But first you have to understand that it is his prerogative and I have to choose him to be the boss of me. He says, I'll carry the load. Oh, gosh, y'all. I'll make you look good. I'll make them think this is you. Oh, gosh, y'all, this this is where my head stays. I'll make them think this is you. I'll make them think you pulled this off. I'll make them think that you're a good husband. I'll make them think that you're a good wife. I'll make them think, but you better be sure that you give me all the glory. You you better not get ahead of yourself. You better make sure that I get all of the glory. Ezra, you can play drums, but it ain't you. Jordan, you can play keys, but it ain't you. Nikki, you can play bass, but it's not you. You better make sure that you give him all the glory because I'm carrying the load. It is me who went to the cross and carried the burden of your sin. Don't get beyond yourself. Oh, I'll be there with you. But I have to understand, y'all, from my heart, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. But so many of us get beyond ourselves and think that it's us. It was me who did this. Do you see what I've accomplished? You ain't accomplished nothing. Who are you? What makes you think you did? What makes you think you're that smart? Okay. Let's push. Listen, y'all, but listen, this thing is about maturity. It's about maturing. That's all he wants you to do is to mature under him, to grow under him, to develop under him. Because he desires for you to be able to handle the load of your life. The load may not be that great, but if you don't have any help, it can get difficult. It may not be that big of a deal, but if you don't have the right help. You, you see, and this is, the, this is what we get caught up in because our society is kind of weird. We, 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 we seek help from social media. We vet our emotions out on social media, right? Like we, <laughs> they can't help you carry the load. Because all they're going to, they're going to you know, type back, we're praying for you. <laughs> 
They're going to send you like a heart emoji or something. I don't know, right? Let me push on. Let's get this last point so we can go. Last point. Verse 29. And I think this is the most difficult thing in this sermon today. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Point number four, final point for today is the word comply. Say that with me, comply. Within context of of scripture, um, yokes are symbolic of submission. And when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, um, he is not just saying that I'm going to impart my will upon you. He's saying that I'm going to be, I'm under the yoke with you. So for us, I want us to understand that that would imply that Jesus as well as being submissive to to somebody. He says, if you get under my yoke and be submissive to me, I'm going to get under it with you and we will be submissive to somebody. If if, if you process this in in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is there just before his moment. And his emotions are bossing him at that time. It, it, got, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was so heavy on Jesus. Jesus says, I feel sorrow to the point of death. So then he goes to his father and he says, Daddy, can I not do this? Y'all remember that? Amen. He says, Daddy, I, 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 I don't want to do this. And then his father comes, comes, comes back through the voice of Jesus. He says, if, if, it's not, if, if, if it is thy will, I will do it. It's, it's not me. In this moment, I don't want to do it. But because I know I report to you, because I know that you are the authority, I'm willing to comply in this moment and not let my emotions boss me out of my purpose. Jesus complied in the garden of Gethsemane. That is what that shows us. And complying is not easy. But what I love about Jesus is that he says, I'm going to get up under the yoke with you and show you how to comply. It's okay to be told what to do. It's okay. Why do I say that? Because Jesus was told what to do. We didn't get the context of the conversation, but it came back. He says, let thy will be done. (laughs) Because God says, I'm the boss. And I sent you there for a purpose. It's time to comply. I think that is the biggest struggle that we have. It's compliance. We don't want to feel as if God is this sovereign God and he's fully in charge and he can do whatever he pleases. We don't like to, un- like to feel as if we have to, we have to do what he asks of us. But what Jesus teaches us in the Garden of Gethsemane is that it is okay to comply. Because once he complied, he got the strength to stand up under his load. Complying sounds difficult, but it's a beautiful thing if you understand and know who you're complying to. Because when, oh gosh, when the CEO of the earth asks you to do something, I feel like you better do it. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, Jesus is the only person that I know that predicted his death and raised himself from the dead. 
if he asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Jesus, if you want to take the will, take the will. It's, it's, it's your game, Jesus. I don't want anything to do. You do what you want to do. Listen to me. We have to learn to be okay with complying. And all of our life, we fought compliance. I won't put your business in the street, but you didn't like your parents telling you what to do at a certain point. I've been there. What's funny, my, my, my boys specifically, they cracked me up, right? Because I told them, um, I don't have any tattoos. I have nothing against tattoos. If you have tattoos, knock yourself out. That's n- it's not a thing. But for me, in my house, you can't have one. I don't have anything against tattoos. You got a tattoo. You're not, like, sinful. <laughs> like, do what you want. I don't care. It's not a deal. So I told them, so they, now they're getting of age. Cody's sitting over there. He can tell you. Um, they get an evasion, now they want tattoos. But I put a stipulation in place. I said, well, as long as, um, one, I pay the bills. It's first qualification. And then second, you finish school and get a job, and you're taking care of yourself, knock yourself out, put a tattoo on your face. I don't care. And what's funny is that as, as, as they get older, it's harder for them to comply. Because both of them, they're in their 20s now. They both are coming to me, Dad, I'm getting a tattoo. So then I say to them, what did I say? So now I got to make you recount what I said and comply to what I said until the agreement is fulfilled. Why am I going through this with you? Complying unto our Heavenly Father is a difficult thing to do. What he says goes. You're going to do what he asks you to do. But we have to position our hearts and our minds to be, to be willing to comply. Amen. Stand to you. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.